Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Without further ado, let us uh, turn to uh, our message for today, which is another part of Mark. How many of you guys are tired of hearing about how God's marked you? Anybody? No? Okay. I heard one no, but that doesn't respond for everybody else. They're like, okay. But let's be honest. Like, what? Like, like sometimes, how many of you guys ever do this? So like, you open up the Bible, but it's like, it doesn't feel like fresh manna when you open it. Like you're going to your, your prayer closet or your, your quiet time with the Lord and you're like, it doesn't excite you, right? Like, can we be real in church? Like not everything from the Bible like makes me want to shout. Like actually there's a lot of things. I was even thinking of that song talking about suffering, which the Bible talks about suffering with Christ. I'm like, I don't like that scripture. I don't like to think about that or talk about that. But when his mercies are new every morning, I like that. But there's just... All that to say, like, there's only so much that um, we can do on our part that will help make up the difference. And so to continue to introduce to you, maybe, um, I don't think anybody here has actually met, uh, not been here for any of the Mark series, but for the, the sake of this conversation, being marked is, it has to do with being anointed. And we hear the word anointed and our... Um, common vernacular, and it's, it's a foreign term to us, which is why I believe that when we hear anointed equaling being approved or having God's favor, it makes more sense to you and I. Would you not agree? And so when we look at the life of King David, which she stole my text for today, she didn't know we were going to be talking about First uh, Samuel 17, but when we, we look at the story of, of how first King Saul was anointed, Saul was anointed to be king. And God had chosen, he had marked him, and he had anointed him literally to be, um, to be the king of Israel and to, from his lineage was supposed to come Jesus, and, and his family was, was going to have just, you know, that, that name that would last forever. But because of his disobedience and his uh, continual rebellion, God removed, uh, well, not God, but he removed that mark from his own life because he rejected God's word about him. Now, there's a lot of important things to be uh, taken from that, but I already preached that message, so you can go back and listen to it if you want. But what takes place next is that God doesn't negate his plan for your negligence, and so that's where enters King David, or David the shepherd boy, who a little lonely shepherd boy out there in the pasture, watching sheep, he was picking up poop, not, you know, doing nothing important, and God picks him, why? Because of his heart, and we said this, we've said this a few times, that God was always with David, but do you know why? Why was God always with David? Anybody take, care to take a guess? He wasn't anointed, but he was about to be, and so God, did you have, do you have a guess? What's your guess? Boom. That's the guy that's been taking notes. Come on. God was always with David because David was always with God. And that is why David got the, that, that tagline or the epitaph that he was a man after God's own heart because he really was. And so the, the story progresses about how David was anointed to be king, and he, there was a process of the palace about how God had marked him, uh, his destiny to be king over Israel. And, and this is where I think a lot of us, like, really disengage. I, th I think it could be easy to disengage here because it's like, well, I'm not a shepherd. I'm not a young boy or a young girl, and I don't want to be no dang king or anything, like I just want to sit in my, here, and like go home, and like I want to live like a good life, like I want to please God, like we want to have faith, we want to, we want to do big things, but like I'm not trying to be great, like, and if you are, this is an opportunity for you to check yourself before you wreck yourself, because there's just a lot more to being great than meets the eye, um, I'm not saying that we shouldn't uh, aspire to become like Jesus because Jesus was great, was he not? The greatest of all, that whoever lived, and he will be the greatest forever. Hallelujah and amen. 
But for you and I, when we look at what Romans teaches us about how we are predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus, that he is supposed to be the firstborn among many brethren, and we're supposed to be conformed to his image, we're supposed to be like God. Well, that means, that does mean actually literally that you and I are supposed to become great like Jesus. But how does greatness come? It comes by serving. I'm so glad that you um, knew the answer to that. And that, that's a really big key here, and that's, why we, that's where we are getting most of our, our messages from about being marked is that we're supposed to be servants because this is how David lived. But there was, there was some other things that went into this about how he was excellent in what he did. How many of you guys um, are very meticulous? You're very attentive to the details. Come on. I, I, I know you're here in this room, you OCD freaks. Just kidding. Listen online. You're like, you're like, you're like, is he talking to me? Um, you're dusting right now. Paying attention to the details. Details are really important to the heart of God. Um, but perfectionism is not. And, and the reason I say that is because God isn't interested in you being perfect. He, because, because in fact, he knows that you're not going to be perfect. That's why he sent Jesus to die for you. But the reason that's related is because all of us are predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. In other words, he's anointed us, he's marked us to become like God, to be his representative here on earth. And that's big, that's overwhelming, that's intimidating, that is frightening. That makes us want to shrink back, to get down low in our chairs, or maybe you're like, I didn't, mm, like, you want, God wants me to do what? He wants me to go there, do that, pray for them, be that. And so this is kind of where the rubber meets the road, where we have to identify where it is in our life that we are resisting this, the, the mark, the anointing, the favor and approval of God, and where is it that we're more comfortable with. And, and we all have those areas. We have areas where we're like, I'm cool. Like, I will greet. I will sing on stage. I will preach. I will. But then there's other areas of our life where we're like, mm, like, like God's, God can't use me to be a foster parent. Like, you can sing on stage, but, like, that's too hard. Well, well, what's too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? Nothing is. Like, he can do all, we can do all things through him who strengthens us. Isn't that the truth? But, like, ah, I can't do that. Like, I can't go over there. I can't be that. Like, a mission trip? Well, like, can't I just go into all the world that I'm already in? And he's impressing upon you that, that missions, missions, you keep, it's like, around every corner, you're like, <laughs> Like, crying in bed at night because, like, people keep prophesying and giving you words about stuff. And you're like, God, it's too hard, man. What are you doing? Being marked, being anointed, it's meant to be overwhelming. And so what we see here uh, in the story, then, is that um, at this part of the story, like she was talking about, the Israelites are at war with the Philistines. Now David is still a shepherd boy, and he's still at home, but something really interesting begins to take place here. He starts going back and forth. This is 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 15. It says, but David went back and forth. Somebody say back and forth. So he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. Now, the reason that this is really important is because there are areas and things, places, people in our life that we are called to go back and forth with. Now, don't misunderstand me. When I'm talking about back and forth, what I'm really trying to get you to understand is that David had rhythm to the life he lived in. Now, this is gonna be, this is gonna take a sharp 90 right here because what I believe most of us focus on, and, and you know, if you don't like it, shout me down. You think, you think I'm wrong, or if this isn't you, then that's fine. Like, you're miles ahead of where I am, where I believe God is calling us to go. Because what I feel like most of us try to do is we try to balance our life. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. We need to balance our lifestyle, our eating habits, our time, our, our timetables, our schedules, everything. We, we, we want to balance things. As a matter of fact, we read scriptures like Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Can you get that up there for me? Perfect. And it says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, 
a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest. And in our minds, our Western theology, so to speak, we walk away with this hearing that there's balance, right? Like, come on. We read the scripture, and that makes sense to us, that we should be balancing our life because for everything, there is a season. And I'm not saying that, that we should not live a life of moderation. I'm not saying that there should be balance, that, that you should um, go off the deep end. So please don't misunderstand me. But where I do believe that God is calling us to go off the deep end is when it comes to following Christ. There is no balance to following Christ. As a matter of fact, the, the scripture that, that came to mind here and, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, was Mark 1, 16 and 17. It says they left everything to follow Jesus. Like, where's the balance in that? Um, so what I started thinking about in this, though, I want to kind of backtrack a couple of steps, is that Mark people, we look at this, we look at the scripture, we look at King David. He's excellent, right? He's going back and forth to tend to the father's sheep and also to go to um, uh the palace, because he was playing in the palace. Or uh, uh, this part of the story, it says that he's going back and forth to bring food to his brothers. So there's balance. Like, I've got to do this there so I can do that th- then, right? And all of us, we understand that. We, we look at our life and we think, well, if I'm going to be the most impactful, and how many of us want to live a life of impact here on earth? We want to have a legacy. We want, we want to build the kingdom. We want to be intentional. And so when I started thinking about this, I thought, well, this is my life. Like so much of what I do, I'm very meticulous. I like to be really intentional about, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. And, I, and I'm a big planner. I like to plan things. I like to know the ins and the outs. When there's a lot of un- unknown things, I just kind of like disengage. I'm like, I just can't deal with it. Like it's too much. I, I, I need to know. How many of you guys like to know about stuff, right? I knew that. I knew I had some OCD people in here. Okay, Mark people, they plan things. Right? Come on. Let's be honest. If, if we want to be used by God, we know that, that many are the plans of, of a man, but the Lord establishes his own, but the Bible verse says that we should plan. It doesn't say don't plan. It just says we have many plans. So we're thinking, well, if I'm going to be a godly influence here on earth for such a time as this, then baby, I need a plan. And this is me. Mark people, they make the most out of their time and their day. Come on. I don't want to be a slack, like, I don't want to be a slugger. The, the Proverbs talks about sluggers, and it's like, don't be that. I'm like, I don't want to be that, Lord. Like, catch me sleeping in during the day, and I wake up, and I'm like, oh, like, man, get it together, Andrew. Like, anybody else? You're like, like, I, I need to be up during the daylight, because that's time to work. And um, I'm looking at all these different things, and, but then <laughs> what I started thinking about, because I was like, the Lord really, I believe, is trying to, trying to bring some correction in my life. So this is for you too. That's fine. If it's not, I'll just, I'm going to make the most of it. Because what happens, what happens is I end up in this place where I'm like, I feel it. I feel the pressure and tension in my back, like right now, like even thinking about it. Because I want to I plan everything. But then when it comes down to the doing and keeping those timetables, like, oh, like, I'll cry because I'm like, that's so hard. You know what I'm talking about. The baby's got to go down at this time, and the baby's got to eat for this long and do this, and I got to pick up the, school, uh, the kids from school then, and I got to go there for that. And it's every day over and over and the school season and the work season, and the, I got to plan for vacation, and everything is work to plan. And I'm not saying planning is bad. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have plans. I'm not saying that we shouldn't live a life in moderation and that there isn't, there isn't a season for everything because Ecclesiastes is true. But let's look at this verse a little closer. Put verse 2 back up there for me. Verse 2 of uh, Ecclesiastes, perfect. It says that there's a time. I want to focus on this. You can underline it, uh, highlight it if you want to. It says that there's a time to what? Well, um, the second part of this verse, a time to plant. But you guys were on it. Thank you. Okay, so there's a time to what? There's a time to plant. And then there's a time to what? Harvest. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you guys, um, growing a garden aside, we understand the principle of this. How many of you guys understand the difference of seasons when it comes to planting and reaping? 
But we look at this, we skim right over it, and we're like, well, there's balance. Okay, no, 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 I'm sorry. When you get done planting, you don't just go rip the things out by the root the next day. Or the seed doesn't have to even germinate the next day. There's a time to plant. So what I, what I begin to think about here, looking at this verse, is that it's like, okay, so my planting season doesn't look like my reaping season, which means that I need to take the time to appreciate, understand, rest in, recognize, dig in, all the things that planting involves. Like first, there's, there's the preparation of the place where you're needing to plant things. First, there's the area of your life where there's, there's a, a beginning and a growing season, right? First, there's, there's a time of... of where you apply to school. First, there's a time where, where we're getting into the flow of, of being in school. First, there's a time of when I'm raising a child, but we can't just stay there. If, if we just lived at getting ready for school, we would have miles, mountains of school supplies. You know what I'm talking about. Like, we're going to get new school clothes. Like, again, today? Like, the time for planting. A time for planting is not the time, it's not the same as a time for sowing. And so it's so important that you and I we take a step back from where we are in the season because how many, y'all got any Mark people in the room today? Make some noise. Okay, so marked people doesn't mean that you and I are in the same journey of our spiritual, or our same leg of our spiritual journey. You may be a new believer. You may be a, a, a beginner at this thing. So your, your stride or your season shouldn't look like everybody else. They may be in a, a, a planting season, but you may be in a, in a reaping season. And, and each are what? They're equally important. So just because you're not planting but, and they're sowing doesn't mean that, that you shouldn't be in the waiting because there is a period of time where we have to wait. And I wasn't even planning on going here, but... Y'all know I like to preach Isaiah 40, 31 a lot because it says those who wait on the Lord. I'm just saying, like, waiting, it, it, they said this at Bible school. They said preparation time is never wasted time. Waiting, waiting on the Lord is, is never wasted time. You can never, you can never wait on God too much unless he's already told you to go and you're like, uh, that's not the word I was wanting to hear. <laughs> but for the most part, we're all trying to go, and God's like, I need you to know. <laughs> like, like, hold up. Like, wait a minute, you know. So the contrast here is that there is an importance to seasons, but, not, but, but the thing that God is trying to get us to live in and walk in as marked people, I believe, is rhythm. It's not that we should be living a life of balance as believers because what, I've, what I really start, started to see is that those who are trying to balance their life are trying to live a safe life. Like there's no balance in getting out of the boat. <laughs> like that was the deep end for Peter. Like Peter's like, Lord, call to me and I'll, I'll come to you if that's you. Like I'll get out of the boat in this raging sea that is trying to take my life. The disciples are like, you know, getting rocked. They're trying to have balance because they're trying to go to the other side, which God has all called us to do. And Peter's like, hey, Lord, if that's you, waves and wind, call to me and I'll come to you. But what I I believe I'm seeing from this, make make of it what you will, is that there's a rhythm from wanting to walk in the same place where Jesus is. And that's why I believe that from this verse, understanding that there's seasons, that sometimes there's a season where Jesus is taking you to a quiet place. Other times, it's a public place. And just because the place that you're at doesn't mirror the last place you were at doesn't mean that you're off. Warfare in this season doesn't mean there should be warfare in next. But quiet time in the season doesn't mean that there should be quiet time in the next either. There's a what? There's a time to plant, and there's a time to harvest. And so what I, I believe is so important for us to, to understand is, is that there is a time between the two. There is a difference between the two, and so we shouldn't compare the two. If you're in a season of whatever you're in a season of, first off, maybe you need to just step back and appreciate and understand even what season you're in. Maybe it's a working season. Maybe, you know, just a continue to illustrate from this this uh, passage the reaping season is the heaviest and hardest season because 
if you don't harvest the crops in a timely manner, you will lose the crops. In the season that you're in, you may be in a reaping season and things feel overwhelming, but it is for a purpose. God will use those seasons, the different seasons of whether it's planting or reaping or even in between, to accomplish what? His will and purpose. And so just because you feel overwhelmed doesn't necessarily mean that you're missing it. But you may feel overwhelmed for the wrong reasons if you're trying to balance everything because you're like, this is too much. Like, I'm, I'm doing too much there. But God's like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I've spoken my word over you. I've spoken my word to you. This is a season. This is a time of that. And so understand and appreciate and don't compare the two. Because when you start comparing what happens you're not going to be focused, number one. You, you, you have to understand this. The more that you spend in here, come on, scrolling, you know what I'm talking about. The more you uh, are invested in what's going on around you. Oh, the grass looks so green over there. Like you're going to feel it. You're asking them questions about their new car they got. got in, you don't got no money to buy no car? But it's a time of... Reaping, <laughs> yes, God, like the new Mustang that just came out. Yes, God, mighty Lord, hallelujah, strong deliver. It is a, t- you're like, you're, you're feeling the grass. I'm like, oh, man, it looks so green over there. And when God gave them a word, God gave Demi a word about, you know, and the increase was there. You're trying to get debt free, <laughs> buying a new car. What you doing? I'm just, like, I'm saying, like, just because your season isn't their season doesn't mean that it's wrong. Don't compare where you're at to where they're at because just don't. Like, there don't need to be any explanation. Like, don't compare. And so um, the important thing I want to leave you guys with, just one point, got one point today, is there's rhythm to following Jesus. There's rhythm to following Jesus. There's rhythm to following Jesus. You write it down? Right, right there, bro. Okay, perfect. Okay, thanks. My nose are running. I don't know why. It's the drugs. I got a drug. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's like wind changes, like warm air. I'm like the presence of God. Like I'm sni- I've been crying since this morning. Y'all, y'all were so good. Like, I believe it. <laughs> Thank you. It's not like it's not like running down my face. I don't need that many tissues, bro. It's my boy, Daniel. Okay, y'all wrote it down. There's rhythm to following Jesus. The point of following Jesus and to, and to be anointed and marked is not to have balance, but to walk in stride and have rhythm with Jesus. I really I believe that. Now looking at what what I felt like the Holy Spirit showed me, because of what Mark. Uh, one sixteen says, it says, as Jesus was walking along the shore of Lake Galilee, he noticed two brothers fishing, Simon and Andrew. We were just watching this last night, babe. The, the Chosen, oh, so good. It's so good, yeah. You need to, if, if you haven't watched the show Chosen, do yourself a favor. Get born again and go watch the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. It's like the best TV show I've ever watched because uh, it's about Jesus, duh. But it seriously is like, okay. All right, so he watched them as they were casting their nets into the sea. And he said to them, somebody help me out, what? Come and follow me. I went to the next verse, sorry, Bob. There you go. So he said, what? Come and follow me. Now, I could, we could talk about this, about what, it, what an honor and a privilege it was that Jesus invited them to come and follow them and, and, and how unique this is. But what you and I need to hear is literally these words from our master saying, come and follow me. Like, take me by the hand. And you know what? Even more than this, you know the Bible says this. It says that if you see me, Jesus said this, if you see me, you've seen the what? The Father. So when we see the outstretched hand, the outstretched arm of Jesus, should we not also see the hand of our Father saying, hi, baby, son, daughter, like my child, Come here. I love you so much. Like, this is not like, 
okay, all right, here comes work. Like, no, 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 that's, that's our, our uh, world mentality speaking to us. Oh, dad wants me to go I'll be with him. I, I got to grow up. No, no, no. Like, he said, be a child. Like, Jesus literally said, let the children come. Like, I love children. Like, God doesn't say things on accident. So that must mean that he likes playfulness. I'm, I'm not trying to get off into all something, but I, I'm just saying, like, be fun. Be fun to be around. This I'm preaching myself. Lacey knows. <laughs> She's been watching me pull out my hair for the last two weeks. You know, there's a word for me. <laughs> be fun. Be fun to be around. Be fun. Be fun. Be fun. Because um, that's, that's God's will for your life. You remember Jesus said this, John 10. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might enjoy life. Like, I really want you to have life and have it to the fullness. What does that mean? Drugs are not what that means. Okay, all right, glad we, glad we excluded that. Living lavish, living just a, a, a lewd life. Nope, that's not it either. But it's not a safe life either. It's not a balanced life. Ooh. I ain't got no, I ain't got no teeter-totter up here. <laughs> Maybe. I want you to have life to the fullest. Let me ask you this question. You don't have to answer. Have you been experiencing the fullness of life in your day-to-day? And if not, is it maybe because you're not walking in rhythm with Jesus? It's a, take, take it home with you, please. I, I really do invite you and encourage you to take it home. I know I have to. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I rebuke you, Lord. <laughs> like, that's not a good idea for me at this point. I need to walk in rhythm with, with God. And if there's areas, if there's things in my life that are preventing me, whether it's balance, whether it's sin, if there's sin in my life that I need to eradicate, those thi- that, that will just as easily keep me from, from living a life of rhythm with him. What, what in your life is causing you to, to live a life of balance? And this is what I thought of it's especially here in, in, in the West, what it looks like to me, a lot of other people have done, even in the church that I grew up in. And this may not be true, but this is my perspective, so I'm not casting stones. But it looked like we wanted to build the road. A lot of times, we like to make sure everything looks really nice here, right? How many of you guys like having a nice front yard? We like having a church that looks really nice, really put together, right? We want to take care and craft everything. It's because we want those who are coming to follow Jesus, we want them to have a, a safe place. Yes. God, th- those are good reasons. We want walls to make sure we keep out, you know, the really bad things. Like, we don't want to We don't want to defile. You know, I was, like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, literally, this is, this is the Pharisees. That's religion. We want to carefully craft and create everything and curate literally like there's all the things we gotta I don't want to get on that but it's like from where I was sitting from where I was growing up I thought this was how life was supposed to be if you wanted to be a Christian in the 21st you know here like all I knew was what I was shown But the more I study scripture, the more opposite I find that that is because there was no balance in tongues of fire, baptism of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, speaking in other tongues. Like, they thought they were drunk, like literally at 9 o'clock in the morning. I've smelled drunk people at 9 o'clock in the morning. It ain't pretty. They They was like being, they were lit up that day. Like, that's, there's no balance and just staying full of the Holy Ghost all the time. I don't like the words coming out of my mouth any more than you do at this point, probably. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a little annoyed, like I just said that. But you know what? Like, the Bible doesn't say live a life of balance. It says, Ephesians 5.18 says, be being filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk with wine, but be being filled. Why, why be loud? Why be fun? Why be full of the Holy Ghost? Um, well, Mark people know they're on a mission. 
Hello. We know that there is a mission for us to accomplish. And that, my friends, takes him leading. I just, I, I don't know if there's much other way to put this. I already told Andrew to come up at 1230. He's not trying to get me to close. <laughs> I'm trying to get me to close. <laughs> um, but it said they left everything they had to follow Jesus. And watch this. So remember in the, um, remember before they had roads, they walked on dirt, right? How many of you guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? And it's really dusty in the Middle East. Anybody ever been over there? A couple of you? No? She said no. Uh, Dad was in uh, Jerusalem. He was in Israel a couple years ago. And um, it's still real dusty there. I've seen pictures. It's like, you know, going, going out to West Texas. And so the, the, I think the metaphor is this. The metaphor, I want to make sure that was the right word I was using, is that the disciples, come here, Kenny. Up here, up here, come on. All right, I want you to come right here and turn around. All right, I want you to take a step slowly, and then one more. Stop. Okay, put your foot back right here. Okay. This is the picture that we're supposed to see when following Jesus. I don't, can you? Can you get this on camera? Perfect. Okay, if you can't see this, if you're hearing the words of my voice, my foot is so close to Kenny's that he could put his heel down and I would cry because he would smash it. Okay, perfect. Thanks, bro. It said they left everything to follow Jesus. What is following Jesus? And this is a question that you, again, in rhythm or in stride, if we kept doing that, I would have to learn his stride. I have to ask, where are we going, Kenny? You don't need to know that right now. Uh, Jesus, you know I don't like that answer. <laughs> but he said, come and follow me. But you didn't tell me where we're going. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Balance. It's so opposite to the life that we've been called to live. Following Jesus? Balance? I just don't think they go hand in hand. Now, again, I, I, I don't want you to just go off into the ditch and like, well... Burn the schedule. Pastor told me I didn't need balance. Woo! And showed up for work for a month. You about to get evicted tomorrow. Don't do it. You better go back to work. You better watch those kids. You better feed them. You better put them down for bed and get them up and feed them. You better take them to school. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do all those things, but I'm saying there's a rhythm to following him that, you know what I really feel in this moment is there's an ease to following Jesus. When you're, when you're in, in motion, when you're in stride, when you're in rhythm, there is ease to that. And that's what rhythm has to do is being in stride, being in motion. And those who are in motion and in stride with, with God, it's an unstoppable force. It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. It doesn't mean that there are places that you go through that are really difficult. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through storms. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't want to get out of the boat. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be opportunities to, like, get upset and mad with, with him. It doesn't mean that. But having rhythm doesn't mean... that you're going to like it. <laughs> oh, man, this is just such a fun message. I'm so glad that I came here to preach this. So metaphorically, we're supposed to follow Jesus so close that when he, his foot leaves where, where it's at, I step there that the dust falls on my foot. How close is close enough? I think that's it. And that's the picture we see about following Jesus. Um, you know, something else I thought of is that there's no balance in loving your enemies. People that don't like you, they're a different color than you. They say things that really offend you. And he said, love your enemies. <laughs> that's not balance. 
That requires rhythm, walking in stride with the one who sacrificed, laid down his life to show us what love is. That requires rhythm to understand and know what it is, how, how we can lay down our own life. How many of you guys like get up, where's my husband's at in the room? How many of you guys, husbands, like to wake up in the morning, you're like, yeah, whoo, I'm feeling good. Like Ephesians 5, lay down your life as Christ laid down his life for the church. Like, that's what I want to do for my wife today. Woo! Like, you don't want to, you don't just wake up and do that. Like, I don't, I love Caitlin, but I'm so like, I don't, what? Lay down my life for her? No, like, I, I literally, I'm good. <laughs> love your enemies? No thanks, Lord. They petty. You know what I'm talking about. Forgive them? But you know what they did? I'm sorry, bro. Like, I don't know I was going to go this long. Bless people who do what? It's like cuss words right here. Use me? I'm going to ble- pray for them? Cuss you, Jesus. Like, it's, it's like, it, there's, there's no balance in that. Like, I'm just being, like, I'm sorry. It's been real, real today. I, like, I just, like, I resist this. I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe you're a better Christian than I am. I hope, I think you probably are. Better follower. Um, so walking in rhythm, walking in stride, walking in motion with the Lord should lead you to a place that you slay your Goliath. That's what I believe. I believe we see David, his back and forth, walking in rhythm. And it costs him to meet his Goliath. For, for other people, sinners, walking in rhythm meant being accepted. Fishermen and tax collectors, the, the low down, dirty, dirty. Walking in rhythm meant being accepted. Um, if you're unable to answer that question, if there's something in your life that's keeping you from walking in rhythm with Jesus, I'd like to pray for you today. Maybe you're, um, if your life, you try to curate, balance, schedule everything out, I just want to pray for you guys today because I believe that God, he, he wants to bring a balance to your life that will turn it upside down. There is, there is a, a supernatural balance that only heaven can give you. And it comes when the Holy Spirit does full of power with his wind and rain and everything else that he does that I don't understand. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me. But you know what? I've never known so much peace in my life when I'm in his presence, when I'm going towards the things that he wants me to go towards. So if you're in this place and you need prayer for any of those things, um, you can meet me down here at the altar and get my prayer partners to come forward. And I'd just like to take an opportunity to just minister, um, minister to the Lord, and just be in stride, be in rhythm with Him. So you can stand and worship if you don't want to come down. If there's nothing in your life that's keeping you from rhythm with Him, I'm, I'm so glad. I bless you. But I just, I pray and ask for each and every single person under the sound of my voice that that God would, would bless you with a supernatural rhythm to walk side by side with him by his spirit who would take you to Jesus, who would show you the Father. For the things that are in our life that would keep us out of stride and out of rhythm with him. I just, um... If there's anything, just come on down.
Come on, saints. Come on. Let's talk about it. So the Lord put it on my heart that what Andrew's talking about with balance, we could state it in another way, and we could state it as that we're lukewarm. And we know that according to Revelations, Jesus does not like lukewarm. So as we try to be balanced in our life in the worldly ways and not be over the edge for Jesus, we're being lukewarm. And if you're feeling lukewarm, come on up. Amen. The altars are open. If you're feeling lukewarm, you don't have to. You can, you can get burnt and turn on fire for the Lord today. You don't have to go home the same. You don't have to go back to feeling empty. Thank you, Lord. You are. Let's just keep releasing that. Come on. Come on, all of his promises, oh, every single one of them, all of his promises, all of his promises. Come on, can we thank him for his promises to just be with us? Come on, no matter what you're going through, God's with you. You may, have, you may feel estranged after me talking about being out of rhythm or stride, but that doesn't mean that God's not chasing you down, that his spirit isn't isn't watching over you like a, like a mother over her children. You might feel far from God, but he's, he doesn't want to f be far from you. You can come on close right now. Let's, let's just pray together. Let's just thank God for his closeness. Lord, we just thank you so much that you are close to us. That God, no matter how sinful, how broken, We repent right now. If there's anything that's been keeping you far from God, you just need to tell him. You need to confess it and repent it.
You can let other people know about it later, but right now, between you and him. I say other people later because if you don't bring it out in the open with some other people, that thing's going to hold you in bondage forever. So no matter where you're at, no matter what you're dealing with, if there's anything that's causing you to be lukewarm, stay out of stride, we repent from it, Lord. We, we're sorry that sometimes we get focused on other things. But God, I just thank you that your grace and your mercy, there's no, there's no depths to those riches. You're so good to us. God, you love us so much and you never change. You never fail. And we just, we love and honor you so much. We thank you that because of your son dying for us and being raised to life, now we can have new life today. Not because we deserve it or because we've done something that's made us so good, but because of who you are and your goodness. It's in your name we pray, Lord, and we just thank you so much. Can you just tell them thank you where you're at in your own words, in your own voice, your own song, because of who he is. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for being here with us today. Thanks for watching over us. Thanks for having a glorious and a bright future for us. Ephesians chapter 1, this is a really great prayer if you've never prayed it before, but it, it says that, um, talks about how the riches of his glory that are for us and within us. I mean, there's nothing compared to the glory of God. And so I just pray and ask that God would bless you with just the tiniest, intiest, littlest bit of that glory. That it would invade your heart and your home like gold sunlight piercing through the uh, dark, rainy, gloomy clouds. That his glory would just begin to permeate the atmosphere of, of your heart and your home and your mind, your family, your jobs. Lord, we want your glory. Pour out your glory. All right, we're not going to have a second church service now. But later tonight, I think there is Freedom Crusades meeting tonight? Yes, okay. 6.30 till, you know, later. Okay, you guys are dismissed. Have a great week. But don't you dare go without And lead well. All right. Have a great week and hope to see you on groups, if not sooner.